1: Love Talk Radio Life is supersonic. sonic We've got to be the body to rock it Like we're never going to see it again we are exploding, the world is going to know it, we'll rock like you're never going to see us again. Come on over, come
0: on over. And a good evening everyone, seven months later, it is December 10th, 2012, 13 actually Dave, and my <laughs> name is Joe Pacino. welcome to Pure Gold. Was there any ever, was there any ever any doubt that we'd be back? Welcome yeah. to the show that covers anything and everything. That it tells that? it like it is. No, we're not going to try that again because it's PG. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything. that tells it like it is. My name is Joe Baccino, and my co-host is David Gomez, who I haven't talked to in about seven months. Sir, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing fabulous. Uh,
0: I can't believe we're back, sir. It's
2: been like you said; it's been seven months. It's been almost exactly seven months, as a matter of fact. And Uh, We were just talking about this, folks, before we went on the air, and Joe and I didn't want to wait this long to bring the show back, but the truth is that the way things ended up working out for us and everything else, I mean, which, of course, we'll get into that since we have a whole hour to play with, amazingly enough. Um, It's just we just couldn't do it before today, but we couldn't let today's date pass without an episode of Pure Cold because, sir, it is technically our three-year anniversary.
0: Amazing, it really is. When you think about it, especially when we were talking last on in May, um, our last topic, I think our last, we had a hot topic, and if you recall, it was about Jason Collins coming out of the closet.
2: I I do believe that is correct, sir. And we also had uh, Julie Bueller, who was our last guest. Julie pretty much took over the show for about forty minutes, and uh, you know she she ran that bad boy into the ground. You know, it, although I love Julie, she's uh, she's definitely awesome, but you know, I, I would continue to look at the Pure Gold website, and you know, I updated it last week as a matter of fact, just so that people would know that Pure Gold was coming back and that we were, you know, still alive. And I have to admit, it's it's a little bit, it's a little different. You know, we've uh, we've we've pretty much made a vow to be civil to each other, which is probably going to ruin the show. But um, <laughs> you know, considering that Joe and I have known each other for so long, and we pretty much just insult each other left and right, uh, you know, off the air, to the point where his wife his wife actually thinks that I am incapable of being serious little does she know that I've made it my lifelong mission to prove her wrong every time I am around her. But that's neither here nor there, sir. It has been seven months. It's been entirely too long. So much has happened in my life specifically. I mean, your life is pretty much exactly the same. But um, before we get into all of that, I forgot to give us the contact information. If you'd like to be a part of the show, give us a call, 714-364-4721. It feels so weird to be sharing that number again i had forgotten what it was but of course um once again seven one four three six four four seven two one. check out our website puregoldpg.com where we will be updating and although we're probably not going to be doing a lot of guests not at the beginning because there's so many things we need to cover eventually we will start getting our guests again and of course you can hear all of our previous episodes there under the, uh, the guest archives and it is quite an illustrious lister
0: yeah, it is, and um, it is our three-month, three-year anniversary show, and, you know, basically we're going old school. We are We're out of your homes. Yes, we're back out of our homes, our first soundbite in seven months. It's great to hear Mike Francesa. The British lady hasn't changed a bit. She's been the only constant of the show, and, uh, sir, I mean, seven months, we're back. I remember our two-year anniversary show was out of your um, other home, uh now you've moved since uh that so it's it's been crazy it's been a crazy ride let's first get into some um some parking lot topics just to get it out of the way your family has expanded um another daughter on the uh, that you had huh, sir?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got to say Joe it's great to know that you haven't lost your touch for being completely inept at getting sentences out correctly and saying what's on your mind and and botching it Definitely everything. That,
0: definitely that is maybe. Definitely,
2: definitely maybe part of the show. <laughs> yeah, um, about seven weeks ago, my wife and I had another daughter. Uh, you know, amazingly enough, now we have two of them, so I am not only outnumbered, if you count my mom and my mother-in-law, I am now outnumbered five to one, women to men. So, I'm hoping for a third, I'm hoping they'll be able to get another boy in here. Thank God my wife can't hear me right now, because she's taking care of the kids, and she is far, far away because she would probably choke on me if, uh, if she heard it. But, yeah, I did have a daughter. It was a wonderful experience. A little different because um, the first time I was really able to spend all my time and attention with my daughter, uh, but the second time having the older one, I had to kind of shuttle her back and forth, being that she wasn't allowed to stay at the hospital. I was constantly bringing her to my mom's or, you know, or picking her up or whatever the case is. So I, w- I wasn't able to enjoy the, uh, the actual birth as much as I would have liked, but I was there. Uh, of course, it was an amazing experience, and you know, it's it's a blessing having two kids. It's I forgot what it was to, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and change and do this and that and just so many things, you know, so many crazy things. And I mean, I know it's been a long time for you since you had to do any of that. So me having to do it twice is uh, it's definitely uh, it's interesting, you know. And then still having a balance, having the older one and the younger one, you know, constantly trying to keep my older one from either either hitting her sister or, you know, poking her eye or, you know, doing something that she, I mean, she doesn't know what's going on. She's just, oh, you know, baby cute. Bam, finger in the eye. So, you know, <laughs> trying try, try not to get her to face break her sister. Although I have to admit, she has been great because she, she loves her sister. She always wants to hug and kiss her to the point where we have to stop her because, you know, she, sometimes she may be holding her too tight or whatever the case is. But uh, it's wonderful, sir. It's absolutely wonderful. And, uh... You know, the sidebar to that, the interesting thing, you mentioned how the last time we had an anniversary show, it was out of our homes, my other apartment. We just moved five blocks away from where I used to live, and it's just interesting that we have two anniversary shows in, you know, two different apartments of mine, sir. It's uh, it's quite an interesting feat, considering we spent so much time either in the same place or uh, 1640, of course, and uh, I'm not sure when you were planning on getting to that, sir, but I I think we need to do a little rip fest of uh, 1640 a.m.
0: Well, definitely. I mean, you know, JB for the last seven months, I guess, is just boring because while Dave is uh, expanding the family and potentially moving to Tennessee, but ends up moving five blocks down the road, you know, he's he, <laughs> this guy. Uh, you know, you never know what's up with this guy. This guy tells me he's going to leave. He's going to stay. He ends up staying. So we're doing pure gold, old school, and like Dave said, we're going to be doing late night shows, which is um, you know, like we we we, we basically started out. Basically doing these shows at eleven o'clock at night, so it's good to be back to the old school, on I Tuesdays, guess. But
2: mind you, just on,
0: like today, and on yes, on Tuesdays. Actually, we I think we did Tuesdays and Thursdays when we first started. I think yes. we did
2: Tuesday. I think our first show was a Wednesday, and then we did Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday,
0: Thursday for a while. Right, and I, I guess yeah. we should just go to that because there's nothing that's been going on in my life. I mean, seven months later, we're we're back to pure gold. JB's here, and um, you know. We're back here because of uh, what we call, I I, I guess it's more of a debacle on the 1640 AM side, sir. I know that you went through a lot, um, and we're back where we started from, but why don't you just tell the audience um, how we got here and how we're back to our roots?
2: Well, folks, uh, before I go on an hour-long rampage on the the disaster that is 1640 AM and the pure scum that is... Filth, Alvaro, who, you know, lied to my face multiple times, screwed us over big time. I mean, it was just a hard, the whole 1640 experience. And if you listen to our last show, you'll kind of see where we're going at. Um, we went off the air in May. The whole point was that we were going to come back at some point in June. We were told multiple times that, oh, yeah, you know, I'm gonna we're going to change the station. We're going to move it to a different location. It will only take about two weeks. Why it would take two weeks, I have no idea. Actually, no, I think it was more than two weeks. But why it would take so long to move equipment, I have no clue. Anyway, so Alvaro tells us he's going to move. I, at that point, I had amassed, a, 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 what I would say, an impressive array of talent. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to pull up the 1640 AM website just to kind of to go through this. You know, we had, in terms of shows, and we had some, some debacles on, on the end of the show as well, but when I look at this lineup that we had, we actually had, uh, including ourselves, not including ourselves, we had six different shows that, uh, you know, we had tried to bring to the table, and we ended up with um, – actually, I'm looking at the website here, and it looks like I made a mistake. But, yeah, we ended up with six different shows. You know, we had the Ken Reedy show. We had the All In Show with John Paul. We had the Three Kings show with uh, King Firehawk. Of course, we had Spirit Plays Radio. Uh, we had Spanish Girl Radio. And we also had our uh, the, the ladies over at uh, Under the Bleachers uh, – you know, so we had a lot of shows, sir, and, and I was able to put all these shows together on the air by recruiting these people. And you know, we were even in the process. A couple of them were actually giving us sponsors that they had found. And then, of course, we got screwed royally because Alvaro up and left. And I found out through Nelson that uh, Alvaro had sold the station to somebody. who First of all, who in their right mind bought that station? Probably somebody who had way too much money and had done way too much acid. In the 70s, because that station was not worth, uh, you know, the the paper that it was printed on to use an old expression, but uh, you know, a station that had no range, a station that we, I specifically me, we really tried to build from the ground up, and I tried to just load it with talent. We, we finally got our technical difficulties out of out of the way because we had about what, three or four different interns that we had brought onto the station. I mean, you know, really, it was moving to the point where, like I said, we were able to get some sponsorships almost lined up and then the the rug got pulled from under us you know after all the countless hours that I had spent at that place and just the headaches and doing it all for free mind you um, you know Alfred screwed us over and uh, I mean it was just it was devastating to me and really to the point where that's why we spent so much time off the air from Pure Gold because I just lost my passion to do the show, sir. After what happened, after the debacle, after the getting hosed, after having to tell all those people, no, no, we're coming back, we're coming back, and then telling them, no, you're all out, the station is dead, he sold it, blah blah blah. I mean, I was I was livid, and uh, it was just a, just a horrible experience, sir. I
0: I know that you went through a lot there, and um, you know, part of it, like I said, sometimes it's a blessing in disguise because. You were at the point where we're going to have sponsors, and if I, I feel like we would have been in trouble financially and legally if uh, we did buy and gave the sponsors gave us money to uh, to promote a station that was being sold to whoever it was. So it's almost lucky that we didn't get to the point where we actually took some income from the sponsors because we'd probably be in trouble financially and legally, sir.
2: No, you're right. We probably would have been, of course. I would be in jail right now doing the show, and uh, Joe would be uh, a free man because uh, he would have he would have denied all you know culpability. But it just amazes me because when you think about it, sir, when you think about all the time and the effort and everything else that I put into it specifically, I mean, you know, let's be honest, I was doing all the work, you know, because I really believed in the vision. I, I really had a vision for it. I had a plan, and I really believed that the station could have and would have been successful if – you know, I was allowed to really just take over and and do what I wanted to do, and of course I wasn't because the the genius who was running the uh, the genius who was running the program and the show and everything else obviously had his head firmly planted up his rear end, and he was more, you know, he basically he was more interested in, you know, trying to get retarded, excuse me, uh, don't offend anybody, trying to get ridiculous. You know Portuguese programming that nobody cared about, that nobody listened to, he was just so obsessed with his nonsense garbage Portuguese programming that he didn't have any type of vision or any type of thought to say, man, you know, let's make this work, let's make it something um, you know make it something where we can turn this into a money maker, we can make some sort of, So I guarantee you this, and I've said this before, it's worth repeating, and I'll say it to the, the listening audience, all two of you who are listening right now, um, I could have made money in that station. I really was at the point where we were ready, we were getting ready to start making some money, even if it was a little bit, even if it was gas money, but that station would have started to turn a profit, and we would have really been able to try to give it, you know, a few months of people, you know, liking what they see, and, and you know, expanding the listener base, et cetera, et cetera. and that place would have been would have been up and running, and instead it was completely shut down under false pretenses, and uh, it was just, it sucked, man. You know, it really sucked, the, the fact that, I had spent so much time recruiting these people and talking to these people and, you know, convincing these people and everything else to then have the guy, you know, sell me a a bill of goods, like, you know, no, no, we're coming back, we're coming back, I promise we're coming back. And I had told him many times that I needed to know, and he told me in front of the interns, in front of three of them, actually, that we were definitely coming back. And they heard it, and then he screwed us, and that was pretty much the end of it. And then, like I said, uh, you know, I just lost my, my desire to do the show. I really was was disillusioned and disenfranchised, as it were, and I, I was just like, that's it, I'm done. I don't want to do this for a while. And, and though I've been wanting to do the show for the past, like, month or two. It's just with everything else going on, you know, my daughter being born at the end of October, that obviously took precedence over this. And then with all the craziness and me moving and everything else, I mean, that's why we're here now, as opposed to, you know, two, three months ago. But I tell you, sir, it's just we had such a – we had such a good thing going and it really was gonna pick up and then to have it just completely destroyed like that it it really i don't know it it still surprises me and it still shocks me i mean it doesn't surprise me because alvaro's a complete and utter dirtbag but it just surprises me that um... you know nothing ever came of it after all the effort that was put into it
0: well if you backtrack even a little bit more before that when we first found the ad in the paper where, where you or your wife found the ad in the paper and we found this place, this station that was welcoming talent, and uh, they were redoing this whole station because basically it was a Portuguese station playing Portuguese music and some Portuguese news in the morning. Um, and we we were there uh, to just help the station uh, just, you know, Revamp and just redo uh, their whole image, and I feel like from the get-go, well, even with that, sir, we didn't give a get an opportunity. We were given like a month or two, and then Nelson, the person that we trusted more than Alvaro, because basically Alvaro was a guy that just didn't speak English to us. Um, you know, Nelson had to leave, um, get deported to California, and when he got deported to California. That's when things really started to turn even worse, I think. And then, you know, from there, we we never were on the same page with Alvaro, and Alvaro really did screw us. He was just not honest. Um, And it just made for just a poor relationship. Dave got negative, and, you know, I talked him off the ledge maybe eight times. And, uh, you know, we're back doing a show, which is crazy because you just told me today, I think it was, Dave, that um, while we were on hiatus, um, we had like a thousand more listens on our archive shows.
2: Yeah, I have no clue who in the world was listening to this show, or you know whatever the case is. But yeah, we had, <laughs> sir, we had <laughs> we had people listening, which is which is just amazing to me. And you know, it's it's a blessing in disguise. I just I don't know who the heck we had a thousand listens. Yeah, absolutely right. I don't know who the heck was uh, was listening to us, but uh, you know somebody apparently liked what they saw because uh, you know in in the last few months we still had people listening, which is an awesome thing.
0: And what's crazy, even crazier than that, um, I just I'm, I'm just thinking as you're talking about when we did like our remote show from Whole Foods Market when it was like the Super Bowl weekend, um, some great. shows from CSB. Shows, that was probably one of our best, if not the best, because of the fact that it was like two hours. We had some guests. We had um, we talked about food. We talked about Super Bowl. It was just really fun. We got our name out there. Um, and then you know we go back to old school. But then you look at and you, you look at the other aspect of the show and you look at the list of, of people that uh, we had on the show, I mean, with your help and with your tweeting and getting in touch with these these agents, you were able to um, get, like, some semi-celebrities. I mean, the list um, has a lot of people that, you know, are known. I mean, they're not, like, top-notch celebrities, but they are known people, sir.
2: No, absolutely right. I love how you have to say, you know, Semi celebrities basically insulting the people, <laughs> <laughs> insulting the people who've been on our show. I mean, when you look at the list of, of who we've got, I mean, it's a veritable who's who of like the middle of the card as it were, to use a wrestling reference. I mean, you know, we got some great actors and actresses and, uh, you know, Miss This and Miss That and, you know, Miss USAs. And all By the way, congratulations to uh, Brittany Dawn Brand and Miss Arizona who was on this show about five or six times. She's actually getting uh, married soon, so I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm not sure when exactly and if we're invited to the wedding, but I know she got engaged, so, you know, uh, special uh, props to her. And, you know, we had wrestlers like Shad and... Uh, Billy Gunn, let me just put it this way, Billy Gunn and Road Dogg owe us money, they owe us a check, they should send us something, because those guys are now working big time in the WWE, Road Dogg is like the the top agent, Billy Gunn is working with NXT, and it all happened after they got the publicity of being on our show, first of all, let's get that right, I mean, we had Kim Jones, who if you're a sports fan in this area, you know who she is, um, you know, we had some actresses and some people who I'd rather not name because I spit on them now, um, you know, Jen Lilly, who is on, uh, I, I'm not sure if it's General Hospital or Days of Our Lives, or, you know, one of those big-time uh, those big time soap operas. She's doing that now, also, be, uh, you know, mostly because of us. Um, you know, Lisa Mateo who's doing her thing. I mean, a lot of people who, like you said, they may not be the, the biggest names, but, you know, Nikki Boyer, who everybody knows Nikki from uh, Daytime and No Time on Yahoo, Howard Johnson, I mean, you know, just people that... You know, if you're a sports fan, if you're a New Yorker, if you're, you know, all over the country, you just know the names of these people. Um, just a, a really good guest list, sir. And Of course, we had our frequent contributors and whatnot to this show, but, I mean, it's amazing that we were able to get some of these people. I mean, you know, the amount of money that we had to pay is just obscene, you know, especially because we were losing money on the show hand over fist, but uh, I digress, sir.
0: The, and the real inspiration for the show of pure gold was you know Mike and the Mad Dog. So you talk about tapping into WFAN and you know that whole debacle after I don't know who turned who turned on us and we weren't able to get any more guests from WFAN. It was it was crazy. That was
2: because of Adam the Bull, if you remember correctly, sir.
0: Yeah, I mean we had uh, you know Evan the the Trader, Benedict Arnold Roberts on three times. We had Mark Malusis on twice. Uh, the one of the last shows that we had before we went on hiatus. Dave was, um, you know, in jail, I think, for uh, violating the FCC for the third time. But I had Jerry reco on. So, I mean, we had a lot of WFAM people. Lori Rubinson, remember that whole thing when she was broadcasting the MET game to us?
2: Well, yeah, that, I mean, Lori was great, but what a disaster that was. I mean, could you imagine the garbage that the Mets have become as bad as they were back then? We had somebody actually, uh, you know, giving us play-by-play of, of, uh, of a terrible, uh, of an abomination of a team. I mean, can you imagine that, sir?
0: I can't imagine, and I, I, I think about um, through the three years. I, th- I talk about uh, remember Mr. James Flippin of uh, at CSB and how we were going to do our show regularly for, at a CSB, and that turned sour as well.
2: Oh, of course, uh, you know, I mean Flips is still a, a friend of the show, but we got host Big Time by Marco uh, Marco Polo or whatever the hell <laughs> that, that bird's name was over. You know, we've made a lot of enemies over the, over the course of this show. And, and that's the amazing thing to me is that, you know, we've been able to stand. I'm surprised we haven't been arrested or, you know, thrown in jail because we, we have made so many enemies for whatever reason on this program, um, you know, from Sal Lakata to people we don't even know, you know, people <laughs> turning on us and, I mean, just, you know, some of our guests turning on us, which is just amazing to me. Um that, that we're still we're still sticking around because, sir. I mean, you know, just just enemy after enemy, just betrayal after betrayal. You know, to the <laughs> point where, um, I mean, I don't even know why we do the show anymore, sir. I'm surprised we didn't give it up. Uh,
0: you you totally forgot about the Bush League wrestling, wrestlers that we had on, you know, like uh, Bright Lights and uh, all those wrestlers. I, I remember you were actually almost hired by uh, uh, East Coast Pacific Wrestling or whatever it was called. <laughs>
2: Yeah, what well, a disgrace that organization was with their what stuff Well, um, you know, the funny thing is that I remember before Darren Young came out of the closet, he was going to come on our show, and maybe he would have come out of the closet on our show, and then we would have had to have been, you know, put in the awkward position of not knowing what the hell to say to him. But, um, yeah, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, sir. I was thinking about the worst interview, one of the worst interviews, because we had quite a few. But uh, i still say Kevin Knight ranks up there as our worst guest we ever had. And, and you know, not to knock Kevin uh, personally, but he was just so terrible because he took over our show, and I guess he thought that we were asking him to take over. I remember thinking about how we were so excited for that interview because he said, man, this is going to open up the doors. And it pretty much only opened up the doors to, like, You know, bright (laughs) lights, that's pretty much as far as it went And, and, you know, that's another guy Who if I ever saw him street lights, super kick his head off of his shoulders Because he was like, yeah, I'll get you the rock I'll get you this person, I'll get you that person I still haven't seen it, still haven't heard from him I mean, we, we, you know, unfollowing each other on Twitter I mean, just, just debacle after debacle, sir
0: what about the fact, uh, what about the other person that betrayed us while we're talking betrayals? There's, um, I, I think her name was Alex Rodriguez. I'm not talking about A-Rod, A-roid, but wasn't there an Alex Rodriguez <laughs> that was supposed to get us, like, Shaq and well, uh, whoever?
2: I I, never, I I don't know about uh, an Alex Rodriguez who was supposed to get us Shaq, but yeah, you know, Alex, uh, the producer who was, uh,
1: you know, we <laughs> thought
2: was going to get us uh, some good stuff there, and unfortunately that never happened. And, you know, I don't even know why, or whatever happened with like that, but we were never able to get any... Any guess? I mean, we had so many people who said, "Yeah, we're going to help you right into this." And you know, the people listening they will probably never listen again because we're just complaining about everybody. But um, <laughs> I tell you, sir, it's just—it just amazes me that after all the after all the mess that we went through and, and everything else, you know, we're still here, we're back, and we're on the air once again, sir.
0: Yeah, and then you have like um, the extension of Pure Gold. Uh, we we branched that. We had a couple people that became regulars on the show. Um, you know, people that would listen to our show and, uh, you know, not to name names, but, you know, they're on hold. And they've remained faithful, believe it or not, through seven months of hiatus. They're actually on hold. I don't know if you even want to get to them, sir. We need to take a break and probably talk about some hot topics now that we've pretty much been negative for the first 25 minutes of this show.
2: Well, I mean, the first of all, let me just say the first two guys on hold clearly are not worthy of even being on this program. Let me just get, let's just get that straight. Oh, by the way, happy birthday to Tina Servacio, who is one of our many guests on this, uh, illustrious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Where's that come from?
2: <laughs> well, I just happen to be on Facebook, and I see that it's her birthday, so I just want to join <laughs>
0: Okay. Happy birthday, Tina.
2: <laughs> yeah, we love you, Tina. Come back on the air. You know, you're, you're great. Um, you know, what's interesting is I think Ken Reed is actually broadcasting on the air right now, so, I mean, I'm going to have to insult Ken, because, I mean, he should not be competing with us. Let's get that straight. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, sir, uh, if you want to take a – you know, I don't even care. Do whatever the hell you want. If you want to end the show, if you want to just be <laughs> I, I think we'll come back in seven months. I think that we're pretty much done with the, with Pierre for today. <laughs> play some
0: um, play some old clips, like some, um, you know, let's do some cheap pops. And when we come back, maybe we'll talk to Todd and um, the other guy that's on the line.
2: Yeah, yeah, please. Why, why don't you just tell me this in advance, because I'm over here, t- I'm, uh, there's so many things I'm trying to do on the computer as I'm talking to you. I'm trying to fix the listen live link and, and all these other things, and you're over here talking about, hey, yeah, let's uh, let's, uh, let's play some clips. You know what? Screw that. Um, I have a couple of sound bites here that I'm going to play. Oh, by the way, sir, do you know who did wish us a happy birthday today? Because according to Facebook, it's our birthday. Yeah, who? The one and only, uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to play the sound bite, because this is, this is, is worthy. This man is great. Let's see here.
1: This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin, or Nightwing. And when I'm not fighting crime with or without Batman in Gotham City, I'm listening to pure gold.
2: <laughs> and I'm sure he's listening right now, but yes, Mr. Uh, Mister Dick Grayson actually did wish us a happy birthday on, uh, on the Facebook, sir.
0: That, that's interesting, because if you don't know Lauren Wester... You would think that he's a molester, I mean, because the, he sounds like, um, you know, yeah, a profile.
2: I, <laughs> I love how you have to throw that in there, because now Lauren will definitely... Hi, this is
0: him. Lauren Lester, and you are listening to Pure Gold.
1: Hey, definitely Lauren.
2: definitely <laughs> sounds like a normal guy there, sir. Um, oh, by the way, this is for you, Joe. You make a gold sick. <laughs> oh, and since you mentioned this guy, how about this one? What's name of your shop? Pure Gold.
0: Pure Gold? Yes, sir. <laughs>
2: I <laughs> kinda love that. And of course, I mean this is this is one of my absolute favorite people here. Hey everybody, it's Nikki Boyer from Yahoo's Daytime and No Time. And don't forget to check out Pure Gold every single week for amazing guest interviews
3: and pretty entertaining radio, I have to say. You guys are awesome.
2: Yes, we are, Nikki, and so are you. Thank you very much. You know what's interesting is that my wife pretty much hates all of our female guests because uh, most of them have been half naked at some point. Um, you know, which that, that's a whole other topic for another day, but Miss USA this and Miss Swimsuit that. But she loves Nikki Boyer. Nikki is one of her absolute favorites.
1: Have some guts! Show
2: some guts! Get care! Wait a, Wait a
1: second. What is they the have point? Have
2: <laughs> Sir, um, I tell you, this is... Uh, this is uh,
1: playoffs? What are we talking about? Playoffs?
0: you kidding me? Playoffs? Uh, if you're a Giants fan, you're not talking about the playoffs this year.
2: No, definitely not. I don't, I don't even know why... You, you know, as a matter of fact, if you're a Giants fan, this is what you're talking about.
1: And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that, was,
2: that sucked. That was Tom Coughlin right there talking about how, how terrible the Giants were this past Sunday against the Chargers, sir.
0: Yeah, anybody that thinks the Jets are making the playoffs are. Uh...
2: Stop smoking the Woody Johnson quit pipe. <laughs> right, I gotta play this because I absolutely. I, I, this is one of my favorite guests ever. I'm Lisa Mateo from the Pix11 Morning News
0: in New York. Make sure you check out Pure Gold every week for the best talk radio around.
2: <sighs> Wait, hold on. This is uh, you know I start. Whatever happened to this guy? Next need somebody to throw to. Him!
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure Jeff fans really miss him because Gino Smith has not been the answer. <gasps> yeah, basically, and Gino Smith too. You could add that in there. <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, is that all? Is that all? <laughs> we had so many great clips over the years, sir. Uh, I look forward to making uh, many more. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, since you're the since you're the one, the captain of the ship, so to speak, steering the show. Uh, what would you like to get into first, sir? What's our first uh, our first hot topic?
0: Uh, well, let's let's get into the biggest, probably, topic of the last couple months has been this whole. A-Rod debacle, and then we'll get into some football. But uh, A-Rod, you know, shoots himself. In... <laughs> and that's all we have to talk about A-Rod. <laughs>
2: Good night, folks. <laughs>
0: A-Rod. A-Rod's a fraud. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: just it. We... Let's... let's move on to the next topic.
0: <laughs> next topic, right? <laughs> you I, you I do want to
2: backtrack.
0: Go ahead.
2: No, no, you pretty much covered it. You said just front.
1: That's pretty much all we need to hear from me. <laughs> oh, who can forget,
0: though? I mean, we we talk about the different people we have on the show, but who can forget that we had those um, you know awkward Todd segments and, and, and uh, Hans Ooh. talking about, like, Smallville? <laughs>
2: Todd. Man, Todd, well, what an absolute disgrace that guy is, Todd. Todd Johnstone. You know, if I ever saw Todd, I would I would clock, clean that guy's clock, i tell you that much,
1: sir. Did you hear that, Todd? <laughs> I sure did.
2: Oh, oh God! How you? Were you listening to the program, Todd? I didn't realize that you were on hold. <laughs> hey Todd, how have you been? I haven't talked to you in, in, in well, it's been it hasn't been entirely long enough, but uh, how's everything, sir?
0: In two and a half years. I don't know
1: what's more comforting: the uh, the sound of you guys on the radio, or the warmth I feel from all those burning bridges. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, if if we really wanted to burn some bridges, we would start naming people like Megan Tandy, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, who, who, Chalicata, what, yeah, all the, all the, the, Wonderful, amazing folks that we've uh, we've come across over the years, sir. But Todd, enough about the scum that has been on this show and, and pretty much ruined our lives. Um, how's everything with you, sir? I mean, I know that the last time we spoke, uh, you know, things weren't going so well for you in terms of the, uh, the personal life. But uh, I mean, you know, how are things uh, over on the uh, the Johnstone front? I know you're you're always there with uh, with your retweets and your shameless plugs on my Twitter. Since you're always, you know, you're one of the the few people that I can count on to. You know, to comment on completely inappropriate times or in things that I'm clearly not referencing you, you'll just throw something in there. So, how's everything, sir?
1: Well, you know, I mean, life is still a struggle. You know, we're still trying to uh, to pull it back together here. But you know, I I see hope on the horizon. Things are not things are definitely more hopeful than they were a year ago, which is definitely good news.
2: And that's a lot enough from Todd, folks. Uh, listen to <laughs> thank you. Good night. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding, just kidding. Sorry, sir. It's funny because I was actually going to cut you off right at the beginning of what you were saying, but since it was a, a serious tone in your voice, I figured I, you know, I'd let you finish. But um, listen, let's talk a little bit, a little bit about your uh, your football team. I mean, I know Joe is not the biggest Geno Smith fan, but what about you, sir? I mean, I know you were a diehard uh, Jets fan, unlike Joe, who's a who's a, you know. Uh, with Johnny Cohn lately, phony, who who only roots for teams that win. You know, I actually heard Joe is now a Yankees fan, but, that, you know, that, that I, I don't know if that's true or not. It's,
1: it's, definitely it's, not true. Tino Smith, Smith is just a cheaper Sanchez with a better arm. Yeah, I don't better don't know how else to put it. It's,
2: it's, just, a better it's same like guy. Too, Mark Sanchez
1: looks like a woman at this point. He's just not a good quarterback.
2: Hold on a second. Uh, you, you, guys, you guys continue. I'm, I'm being interrupted here at the office. Uh, let's, let's keep going.
0: Well, Todd, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, the experiment has been a total disaster. I mean, Geno Smith is just not a good quarterback. I mean, the game is too fast for him. He he doesn't have a clue. Um, I, I don't, you know, we need another quarterback, obviously, in the draft or trade for one. I, I heard a great proposition. I would love to trade a couple draft picks and try to get maybe like a Jay Cutler on the team. What do you think about that?
1: We talked about this when Jay Cutler was was possibly going into free agency last time that we we would like to see somebody who was a little bit more uh, experienced, somebody who had a little bit better decision-making. And if I remember correctly, we talked about his his kind of gunslinger mentality and the fact that he does make bad decisions, but, you know, you put a Brandon Marshall in front of him, and you know all of a sudden he looks a lot different. He does. So yeah, you know, I mean, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to the idea of him coming here, but I I think it's safe to say that he's probably going to get franchised.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's really possible. What, what about the the fact that um, I, I feel like Enzig, our our new GM, and Rex are just not on the same page. Um, is Rex Ryan going to be back here next year, or do you think that's oh. the end of Rex? You know, when I when
1: I think about what's out there, like who the, the possible coaches to replace him are, I just I, I think it's it's wiser to just go with Rex. I really do. I what are you going to bring in? I mean, I, I just don't see if there's I just don't see anybody who's out there who's available who can who can manage the the roster any better than Rex has. I mean, yeah. I mean, they took a chance. with I mean, we always complain about, you know, how Rex, he, they all they ever do is go for defense, et cetera, and so on. All right, they've built a, a world-class defense. Yeah, I mean, the defense is phenomenal. It's, the, it's probably the, the most ferocious front seven in, in all of football outside of Detroit. But, you know, we, we need wide receivers. Now, granted, they took a chance with Stephen Hill, and they tried to bring a guy in, and You know, with Santonio Holmes, has been an absolute letdown because he's so injury-prone. I I would like to see this team perform with wide receivers. I know that we can't keep saying that. We keep saying it year in and year out. But I would like to see them with some some guys who can run routes, some guys
0: who can catch footballs. Exactly. I mean, uh, we, we don't want to spend too much time on the Jets because they've pretty much shot themselves in the foot too many times. There's too many tiebreakers that they lose to. The sixth seed is now long gone, in my opinion. So um, it's just good to to hear you again on the show, Todd. Um, three years anniversary. <laughs> Some things just never change, Todd. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i trying to compliment you for listening I'm to the show. Pissed,
1: for, listen, I'm so
2: pissed at this guy. For the fact that I had to wait like five years to meet him, instead of you know coming out like he like he promised, like he swore, you know he swore he said that he would be at that uh, to, that little uh, Super Bowl special, but I forget I don't know I don't know if his wife had him on lockdown or she beat him down. I'm not really sure what it was, but uh, you know I'm, I'm still uh, I'm not the biggest uh, Todd Johnstone fan. Let me put it to that way. <laughs>
1: Come on, I tweeted the picture. First time in the studio.
0: I had I yeah, actually had fun that, up. that one in. <laughs> That episode was was actually fun when Todd was in the studio.
2: Well, considering that he ruined the microphones and he pretty much, like just, I think that's actually why 1640 went down, because once Todd showed up, everything really seemed to go downhill from there.
1: Yeah, that's why. I thought maybe it was a lawsuit from Joe from that broken chair. (laughs) Oh, what a disaster. (laughs) Well, it was just you guys back on the air, and then, uh... it's been me. I've just been downloading the show over and over and over and over again. So those thousand hits are just me.
0: It's been Todd, <laughs> Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure that that's exactly. What, I mean, considering that Todd doesn't have anything else going on. I mean, it's only Todd has a as a wife or you know children or anything to, to. Oh wait a minute. Yeah, he does. Listen, Todd. It, it was great having you on. Hopefully, it'll be another year or two before we talk again. But uh, you know, it, it was Always a pleasure. A pleasure. Yours of course, but, but uh you have a wonderful evening, sir, and uh, you know.
1: Let's uh let's
2: talk about some uh what some Jets football next week when the Jets are, you know, on their way to the Super Bowl. Mm.
1: All right. Take care guys. Happy anniversary. Thanks. Hey, Todd. Thank
2: you, sir. Take care. Good night. Yeah, I mean, that sounds a little, a little funny coming from Todd, Todd wishing us a happy anniversary, sir. I, I don't know how you feel about that, but it's a little strange.
0: It's a it's a little strange, but you know, Todd I I had told Todd, um this morning or yesterday that we were doing a show, so uh, glad that he did call in on uh, a three-year. Um, you know, Todd does bring something to the show.
2: Yeah, he does. He brings another human being, uh, you know, another voice. Not a good one, but another voice on the show. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, sir.
0: <laughs> but uh, just while we're on the football topic and we got some time to talk about football, the, the football season has been a disaster for both teams, more so the Giants who, like, really, I thought were going to come out this year and be one of the contenders in the NFC, have totally, totally, totally um, played horribly this whole year. And Eli Manning, I-, I don't know. I know he won you two Super Bowls. Right right now, Eli looks lost, and I- I- hopefully for you, sir, it's just one bad year and he turns it around next year, but he looks so lost in the regular season. He's a completely different player when they get to the playoffs, but right now he doesn't even look like a Hall of Fame quarterback, even though he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. Can you just give me like three minutes, two minutes on, on Eli Manning and the Giants?
2: I think it's difficult. You know, you see all these Giants fans making excuses, and I understand that, yes, for the Giants to be good, you do need a good offensive line, which the Giants obviously do not have. But the truth of the matter is, sir, you know, Eli has made some terrible plays. He's made some terrible throws. And, you know, you can't blame you can't always blame other people. And I think that that, more than anything else, is my biggest problem. It's the fact that the Giants fan – either blames Eli for everything or completely gives him a pass, which I don't understand. Like, How are you going to give this guy a pass, considering that, you know, yes, again, the balls tip off the receiver's hands, et cetera, et cetera, but, man, how many times has he not made bad passes and just just not been with it? You know, the truth of the matter is that when you have a guy like Eli Manning, you need him to be able to, you know, make good plays, to make good decisions, and that hasn't been the case. This year has been a mind-numbing disaster from the beginning, from day one. And I think that, more than anything else, is the most frustrating part. Did I think the Tenants are going to win a Super Bowl? Absolutely not. Did I hope that they would make it to the Super Bowl and be the first team to ever play in a Super Bowl in their home stadium? Absolutely. But you know what? I mean, Knicks has been non-existent most of the year. They needed him uh, last week against the Cowboys. He wasn't there, uh, you know, well, two weeks ago, technically, because we're in a separate week. But, you know, he wasn't there. He just stunk it up. He he scummed it up. Actually, I'm sorry. Three weeks ago, I'm just it's it's the entire football season is pretty much coming and gone. And we haven't talked about it, but anyway, my point is that he hasn't been there. You know, Randall has played well, but the Giants just they're just not that good this year. This is not their year. But man, did I expect them to be this bad? Absolutely not. I don't think any Giants fan did. But I'm just tired of the Eli apologists who blame everybody but Eli. You know what? He has some blame. He has a lot of blame. He has absolutely stunk this year, just like the rest of this team. And, you know, you can't win that way. It's going to be the first time they have a losing, you know, a real losing full season with Eli. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure where the call is going, if he's coming back or whatever the case is, you know, how many years more he's going to coach. But truth is, Giants need to make a lot of changes for an absolute ton of change If they're even going to be competitive next year And it's just amazing You look at the New York sports scene um, The Yankees The Yankees didn't even Make the playoffs Which of course is a big deal for the Yankees The first You know Only the second time in, Since 1994 Four pretty much Four. Because they were on their yeah. way there Yeah You know Only the, 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 the second time and Both times have been under Joe Girardi by the way Which is interesting Oh and by the way Joe Torre was elected To the Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday Deservedly so Classic guy Classic individual um, you know, along with Bobby Cox and Tony LaRusso. But anyway, I, I digress from that to go back to what I was saying. Um, you know, you have you have these situations, sir, where the, the Mets were a complete disaster, Yankees didn't make the playoffs, Jets are terrible, the Giants are even worse than the Jets this year, you know, the, the Knicks are an abomination, the Nets stink. I mean, every this is just one of those bad years in New York sports, sir. It's just, it's almost amazing. We've come to expect at least some level of decency from these teams, and, man, it's been a train wreck so far.
0: It's almost good that we took a seven-month hiatus because if we were going to talk about those local teams for the last the last seven months, we probably lost every single um, person that listens to our show anyway. Because, like you said, every team from top to bottom in New York sports has really sucked it up. I mean, other than the hot stove baseball that sparked some interest, you know, the Red Sox are your baseball world champions, and basketball, the Heat won again since we've been off the air, and uh, the Blackhawks, who play already hockey, yeah. So, who really cares about hockey, but the Blackhawks are the champions. So, it's it's been not good in the local sports area. And then you have a Super Bowl that's going to be here in a couple months. And um, I'm hoping for a huge blizzard. How about you?
2: It's going to be bad. You know, it, I mean, obviously, it's the Super Bowl, so people will watch it. And, of course, we're going to watch it. But, man, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really not. And just the fact that my team is so bad, it, it's just it, it's a disgrace.
0: It's, it, it's a disgrace.
2: Great. I think that's so you were telling me off the air.
0: You were telling me off the air how you just love the fact. Well, if we're going to talk about a little bit of hot stove baseball, how Robbie Kano basically sold out. You know, took the, the biggest contract and his head to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, you love how these Yankee fans are crying about it now.
2: Of course, I'm not, I'm not the supreme Yankee here that you are. Um, by the way I think you're a complete and utter loser because you're you're so you'd rather see the Yankees lose than the Mets win, but that's we can get into that another day. What 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 amazes me, sir, is the fact that the Mets are the only team that can make a big splash free agent signing mean Curtis Grandison, which we'll get to in a second, and they can still lose out the back page to a guy that the Yankees did not sign. That, to me, is amazing, because Robbie Cano going to the Mariners, which is an insanely awful contract. I think the Yankees made the right move in not signing Cano, but the fact that you have Yankee fans ripping Cano, and, you know, it's, it's a, you're you're a complete other fool. You any credibility that you may have had. If you're going to sit here and tell me, that you wouldn't take an extra 50 or 60 or $70 million to go to a different team because that's how far apart the Yankees were from what the Mariners offered. This ridiculous 10-year nonsense contract. I have no idea why anybody would sign anybody for 10 years because come year 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10, you're gonna, most of the guys are going to be shot. And then you have guys like Pujols who have not been great since the day he signed the 10-year contract. Just a bad move, bad, bad, bad uh, baseball move. And, you know, the Mariners have so much work to do. But you know what? The Yankees have gone out and they've gotten Carlos Beltran. They've gone out and they got Jacoby Ellsberg. I think that was a bad contract, but that's, you know, besides the point. They went out and they got Brian McCann, which is a good move. Um, and, you know, they've replaced Canola. They're going to move on, and, yeah, they don't have a franchise player anymore. But you know what? The Jeter's on his way out. But you know what? To hear Yankee fans complain and rip Kanoa and say, I wouldn't take the money, you we would take an extra – dollar an hour and sell your own mother out. Let's be fair about that because Robbie Cano is doing what's best for him and his family and sir nobody on the planet can seriously say they would not take an extra forty or thirty or whatever the hell. I mean it's it's substantial. It's substantial uh you know, money. It's not five or six million. It's it's in the thirties, forties, fifties and to take that anybody would take it, sir, and you know it.
0: You gloss right over it, but I, I want to get back to it because I, I'm really befuddled on how the Yankees spend money left and right, and then they throw a contract to Jacoby Ellsbury for seven years, 153. The guy's going to be making almost $22 million a year, and he he hasn't played a full season in his entire career. He had one good year. What were the Yankees thinking about giving this guy a contract for seven years, 153? I think that's absurd.
2: Yeah, I don't See, I think that... The problem with that contract, I mean, yeah, is a young guy, but he has been injured, you know, quite a bit, especially recently. And, you know, people can say whatever they want, but when you have a guy who has been injured to go out and give him that kind of contract, I, I don't get it. I, I don't think it was a good – I think he's a good player. I just don't think it was a good move, sir.
0: I, I really don't,
2: personally. Now, let, let's since we only have a few minutes left, what about um, Curtis Granderson, the grindy man uh, coming to the Mets? What do you think about that move, sir?
0: I mean, it's a good move if the Mets were going to make other moves, but the Mets are not going to make other moves. So I can't tell you that it's it's been uh, you know a great offseason. You know, I want to see what else they do. I, I think Ike Davis is going to be traded before the season starts. Um, but Grandison is not the only answer. And just the Mets' typical luck, they're just jinxed from top to bottom, sir. Uh, Matt Harvey, back in May, we were talking about how this guy is the phenom, the future, the next uh, Tom Seaver and he gets injured he get to you know knowing our luck I know like a lot of these guys come back from Tommy John surgery and they're even stronger than ever but our luck Mets luck this guy comes back and he's never the same again okay.
2: All right, look. This guy comes back in his career so far, but um, you know, 2014 is going to be a watch for the Mets, and I think Grandison is a good player. I think it's way too much. You know, I I mean, if I think it's too much money. I, maybe maybe one year too much. Um, I'm a little concerned about his power numbers at Citi Field because it's such a big stadium. But you know, if you put him behind right, maybe he offers some protection. Finally, I say the Mets should not trade Ike Davis. I know we have Pyro online, so we have to get to him uh, before we go. But you know, I'd say that. In terms of Mick Davis, I would give him one more year to prove himself. He is capable, obviously, because he's done it—of hitting 30 plus homers. You're not going to get any value for him. You're not going to get anybody. So why trade him? Why get rid of him for what? For a garbage? Like, yeah.
0: But let me ask you this, though: If if you're a Mets fan, and we've we've talked about this at nauseum, but it's a three anniversary of Pure Gold. So let's let's just uh, make the the audience even more nauseous if you're a Mets fan and that's the only move you make is you get Granderson, why can't you start setting the pieces up for when Harvey comes back You're you're a, a playoff slash maybe World Series contender what Mets fan in their right mind is going to spend money to go to a Mets game let alone watch a game on TV not me not no chance in hell am I going to watch another Mets game if the Mets are going to just stand put their salary is going to be at around eighty ninety million, million dollars a year their annual salary for the team and the team's not going to be competitive again. I don't know how Met fans can stomach watching another season of mediocrity
2: problem is that the Mets don't have the financial flexibility that they need, yeah, they have, you know, they spent $7 million on Chris Young, which even in light of Curtis Granderson, I still don't understand, because when you only have like $40 million or $30 million allotted to spend, how are you going to spend like a quarter of your money on a guy like Chris Young, who's a 200-hitter, who hit 30 home runs like four years ago, or three years ago, whatever the case is, and has not been good since, and strikes out a bunch, and then you have... Uh, Granderson strikes out a ton. I mean, if you throw Davis, if he's still on the team, the Mets are going to be striking out four or five times an inning, and you only get three strikes, uh, three outs, folks. The Mets right. are going to be making four outs an inning strikeouts. Um, well, the Mets, the thing is, they don't have the money, and that's the problem. They need a shortstop. They need uh, two starting pitchers, really. I mean, yeah, you could probably slot in one of the their younger guys there, but they're going to need a veteran. You can't really afford anybody good, and the Mets don't have the money to be competitive. That's the real problem, sir.
0: Are you going to watch a game this year?
2: Um, I'll probably tune in once or twice, but, I mean, I barely watched anything last year, and the same thing is probably going to be true this year because they are so bad, and there's just nothing to look forward to. When you look into 2015, maybe they'll be good, but they have to make – like I said, they need a shortstop. They need uh, pitchers. I mean, they need a lot, and you, if if is going to be any good, uh, you know, What's his name? Uh, Davis, if he's going to hit any anybody at first base. I mean, the Mets are going to need so much help. And spending the money on Greenwich is fine, but they they really can't do much else. And that's why I think the Young move was such a bad signing.
0: It, it was a bad signing. And we could talk about Pasta Baseball as our show begins once again, probably in 2014 when we start doing regular shows again. But uh, we do uh, switch topics and get to sports entertainment, talk wrestling. Let me just catch up the audience, basically. In terms of the wrestling world, you had the uh, WrestleMania, which was here at MetLife. Uh, Basically, the the Cena beat Rock in the rematch, which we hated. And basically, they pushed uh, Daniel Bryan for a good part of the year up until just recently where he got pushed back to mid-card. And now we're we're at the point where finally, so I think it's going to happen. We're going to unify the the two titles, the, the WWE title and the world heavyweight title and with that i think we should bring in our, our you know semi-pro expert from online onslaught wrestling mr pyro falcon who joins us now on our three-year anniversary sir pyro welcome to the show again
3: good evening guys and happy anniversary glad to see Thank you, you uh, we glad to see you survived the last seven months
0: <laughs> we survived the new york sports haven't and um... i guess wrestling is hanging on um, hopefully that this whole you know unification title match that's going to happen this Sunday uh, puts some sizzle back into the wrestling uh, world, I guess. But uh, how have you been, pyro before we get into some wrestling talk?
3: Well, um, the last seven months have actually been kind of rough, and it's been rough to the point that I don't even want to talk about it on the air. But uh, I want to say just kind of off topic slightly that you guys have been pretty awesome friends to me, not just – you know on a on air hosts or uh uh you know interviewers or whatever but i actually do like both of you guys and i would love to catch up with you just not on the air
1: okay
2: <laughs> and that's what we have from pyro this evening folks. <laughs> Uh, Well, you know, it's interesting um, It's interesting that you mentioned that, Pyro Because obviously there's so many other things That have been going on I mean, even with me like I I forgot to get to a couple points about myself That have gone, you know, for the past seven months But um, there's so many things in wrestling And I can tell you this much I have not watched a a lick of it in months I literally have pretty much given up on it And when you look at the title unification uh, This Sunday, it, it should be a huge deal But instead you have two guys that I can't stand uh, who are champions, who uh, shouldn't be champions, but they keep kind of going back to the well. So one of these guys is going to be like a 95-time world champion, and the other guy is going to be an 85-time world champion. Um, this match should have been booked for the past couple of months, but instead you had the debacle with the way they booked Daniel Bryan and, and you know, constantly back and forth, back and forth. He held the title for, I think, like two days total, uh, it's almost no exaggeration, two different times. So his title reigns didn't last. They didn't mean anything. And the WWE refused to push him, even though the crowd was behind him. But when you look at Orton and Cena, neither one of them has been champed that long. Neither one of them has had a good title reign. And now all of a sudden, one of them is going to be uh, the undisputed champion, which makes absolutely no sense there. Yeah, I mean, the title
3: unification sort of has to happen. Most hardcore fans have wanted to see that for years, pretty much ever since WCW's invasion went horribly wrong. And, you know, it, the two titles has always been nonsense. Um, and I'm glad they're ending ending the uh, brand split, but beyond that, I just don't care, and I know like every time you guys interview me about wrestling anymore, that's my default answer, but it's true. I just don't care. Um, I haven't even watched Raw. I've uh, been unable to watch Raw live, and I haven't been able to uh, catch up on this week's episode yet, so I don't even know what happened yesterday. I just don't care. Uh, Orton Cena is pretty much the most boring match I can possibly think of, especially for a title unification. Like, I get the business reasons behind it, because in WWE think those two are the most bankable. But, you know, for anyone who cares about the actual wrestling part, it's just stupid.
2: No, it's absolutely stupid. And the problem, like I said, is that this should be the biggest match that they've done in 10, 12 years, which technically it is. But there's no build-up to it, and I know Joe said, because he's actually watched it, that Triple H is guaranteed a winner. What I would love to see, and this won't happen, but if I was booking the WWE, what I would do is I would have, uh, at the very end of it, because Triple H is the authority, COO, whatever the hell he is, I would have him, once Cena and Orton have beaten the hell out of each other, have Daniel Bryan come in, shaved, go heel, insert him into the match at that moment, have him win, and become the undisputed champion, and push him to the moon, and be a heel for Triple H, That, to me, kind of awesome killer, you know, uh, heel promo, the next night in Raw, the fans suck, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that would get ratings. That would be interesting. But instead, we're going to get John Cena's champ, and that's it, and we're all going to hate it. And the fact that between the three of us, only one of us is even, you know, still watching or catching up or, you know, I, wrestling used to be musty TV for all of us and now it's a where I avoid it like a plague and I'm only talking about it because this is my my show and you know it, here here it, this is what we have to discuss.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I mean honestly part of me was hoping you would just talk about how Mike Tomlin screwed over the Steelers by being a total moron to the Baltimore Ravens cuz that's something <laughs> I could rant about too and it would be a preferred topic to WWE but you know that's, yeah. I guess, not what I'm
0: here for. <laughs> I, guess if, I guess if we're in Pittsburgh, that would work, but we're not in Pittsburgh right now. That is um, true. That is true. <laughs> but the, I I do want to mention, though, the fact uh, wrestling related, since we have you on the show, Pyro, for, you know, Daniel Bryan was basically the storyline of 2013 this year. They pushed him to main event status, and it looked like, you know, they were just trying to recreate the whole rock and, you know, Vince McMahon with now replacing, you know, Vince with Triple H and then the uh, Austin with um, Dan O'Brien. But it seems like, you know, they, the fans wanted it, the fans wanted it, and all of a sudden now, like, in real life, Triple H really doesn't think that Dan O'Brien could carry the company because he's now, like, a, a curtain-jerker because I believe his, uh, he was the opening match at last night's Raw, so... Uh, do you think that they they should have given Dale O'Brien a try at the champion, or do you think that they've made the right move and kept them as mid card?
3: oh no they they totally should have given him a shot. They should have given uh, uh, Punk a better shot. I mean, I know Punk was a champion for four hundred and some odd days and whatever, but you know you could even tell that as long as Punk held the title, it was just he was just kind of holding on to it until Cena would do whatever he had to do to regain momentum. And I think that's what they basically did to Daniel Bryan too. He just kind of held the titles until Triple H or the Bookers thought of something else to do with the you know top tier stars. I mean, it's clear WWE has gone way past, or maybe it never existed, but WWE has passed those days where supposedly anything can happen and anyone can be a star and blah blah blah. Uh, you know, it, it's I, I don't I don't see WWE even changing its course from like how it was in the 80s where it only put you know, huge bodybuilder-type dudes over everybody else. You know, it's it's just crap anymore. Either that or no, we've outgrown it.
2: I think it's, it's a matter It's both. And I'm, I'm over here looking up uh, the WWE title history, and when you look at it, you've pretty much got um, Cena, Del Rio, Cena, Del Rio, Punk, Rock, Cena, Brian, Orton, Brian, Orton. See, the same names over and over and over again. And like I said, Brian held the title twice for two days total, so a total disgrace, uh, you know, in that and it's unfortunate because, you know, he was supposed to get pushed to the moon, but as usual, the WWE has no clue what they're doing. But listen, you know, Pyro, I, I hate to, you know, end the segment so quickly. I'm sure that, you know, we'll have you back on regularly once the show gets back up and running, but we definitely appreciate you hanging in there and being on the show. And, of course, we probably will be talking Pittsburgh Steelers once we, you know,
0: <laughs> the next
2: time you come on because there won't be anything WWE-related to talk about. Although Joe and I actually might watch the pay-per-view this Sunday at Friday's, uh, you know, not not – too sure about that but we definitely thank you for coming on sir and you know I'm sure we'll have you on again to talk about how horrible wrestling is absolutely guys anytime
0: Thanks, have a good one sir you
2: too <laughs> 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 folks the one and only Pyro Falcon from Online Onslaught and of course we uh we got to thank you guys all for listening we only have about a minute or so left Joe anything you'd like to say before we sign off for this uh this edition of pure gold it's three year well, anniversary. It exactly yeah it's like good to be back
0: episode. in this it's great to be back in the saddle again three years later, our anniversary show. Things haven't changed. You tell me how we're not going to be negative. You've ripped me like five times like I've been counting throughout the show. So things just never change. We're back. We're, we're the same show as always, but we're going to be on late nights going old school starting in 2014, sir. It's just, again, great to be back on the air and uh, hopefully uh, to have some more fun next year.
2: No, I'm sure, it definitely will, folks. Of course, we thank you, the two of you, for listening. Uh, hopefully, you'll you'll get some enjoyment out of this, and we will be back soon. We'll let you know. Just check out com for the updates to let you. So we'll let you know when we're starting on uh, regularly doing the show. Whether it's Tuesday, Saturday, Monday, who knows. Right now, who really cares? But, again, thank you so much for a wonderful 2013. Thanks again to Alvaro for ruining uh, our show and <laughs> pretty much ruining everything we had built. Um, and Nelson, of course, for getting deported to you know whatever country they sent him off to. Folks, the pleasure, of course, is ours to entertain you. We will talk to you soon. Remember, yeah. you got to tune into Pure Gold because this is the greatest show Ever and before I go, let's let's uh, throw this out there.
1: What's okay. the name of your chef? Uh Pure gold. Pure gold. Yes,
2: sir.
1: I got two
0: words for you. Pure <laughs> gold.
2: You guys are awesome. Good night, everyone.
0: Happy New Year.